630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Hey, how are you doing tonight? Here's what's happening in the National Hockey League. Ten minutes into the first period, Maple Leafs with a quick start on the Rangers. They lead it 2-0. Mikheyev, his sixth. Marner, his eighth. That one came on the power play. Shots are 8-3 for the Maple Leafs. Also early in the second period, the Devils lead the Coyotes 1-0. He sure with the goal. The shots are 19-2, 23 minutes into the game. Shots are 19-2 in favor of the Devils against the Coyotes. Later on tonight, it is the Avalanche up against the Ducks. And, of course, tomorrow right here on 630, Chad Furness Family Oilers Hockey. It's a 530 Face-off show, it's a game at 7 as the Oilers take on the Florida Panthers, who were beaten in regulation time for the first time in 10 games last night in Calgary by the Flames, who've been having some struggles of their own lately. Calgary, pretty convincing 5-1 victory to hand Florida that loss. You know what it's like for the Oilers, of course, 2-10-2 and in their last 14 games. They've slipped out of a playoff spot, and uh, they got to start banking some points relatively quickly to climb back into one. So we'll set the table for that game. And uh, really later on, this is going to be fun. Uh, A couple of really special goalies are going to be on the show. Tristan Martin, the goaltender for the Spruce Grove Saints, scored a goal last night in Grand Prairie, shot at the length of the ice. He was behind his own net and he fired it all the way down into the empty net. Now, I talked to Tristan this afternoon because they have another game coming up tonight in White Court. So later on tonight, we'll play that interview with Tristan about the experience of scoring a goal. That is pretty cool. And from Bruderheim, Alberta, I love the small town stories. Emirates Mashmeyer is going to be on the show, the goaltender for the Canadian women's Olympic hockey team. They're getting ready to go to Beijing, and uh, we will bring you that conversation with Emirates uh, Mashmeyer. And and speaking of goaltenders, Kelly Rudy is going to check in tonight as well between 6.30 and 7. You can check in on the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. You can email inside sports at 630shed.com and follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L. K-I-N-S. Okay, so the uh, Edmonton Oilers practice, practice, practice. Yes, we're talking about practice, to paraphrase Allen Iverson, as uh, they have not had a lot of games lately. What was the last time they played? Uh, Saturday, they lost to Ottawa. Two weeks ago today was their previous game, a loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So now the schedule is going to pick up again for the Oilers. And I can tell you, when I say it's going to pick up, it is going to pick up, especially in the month of February. So ahead here, you got Florida at home on Thursday. You got your home against the Calgary Flames on Saturday. Games next week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, you know, they got a road game in Ottawa. They got a road game to start off February in Washington. Then it's the All-Star break. So everything as previously scheduled until February 2nd. The All-Star break, February 5th, that's in Vegas. Dreisaitl and McDavid are going to that. And then it gets extremely busy. From February 8th to February 20th, that's 13 days, the Oilers are going to play eight games. You got these games rescheduled. The Oilers had nine of them. They had nine of them to reschedule as the Rangers get on the board here against Toronto. So eight of them are going into that Olympic break slot. They're going to have a three-game homestand, Vegas, Chicago, and the Islanders, 8th, 9th, and 11th of February. They're going to go to California for San Jose and Los Angeles. Those are the games that were wiped out before Christmas as then a home game against the Ducks. Then they got a back-to-back 
on the 19th and 20th, a matinee in Winnipeg, and then a home game against the Minnesota Wild. So that is eight of the nine postponed games. Where is the other one? I can hear you mentally asking. You're sending me the vibes. Well, that is in Calgary. This was the game that was supposed to be December 27th. It's in Calgary on Monday, March 7th. The Oilers had a bit of a gap there because they played the Canadians March 5th and didn't play again until the Capitals on March 9th. So they uh, they uh, plop in that game against Calgary on uh, March 7th. Of course, the Oilers website has a good look at all the rescheduled games. I got a summary and a uh, story posted today on 630shed.com or globalnews.ca. So, yes, busy, busy, busy. Eight games in 13 days, including five and seven on the back half of that stretch as uh, the NHL rescheduling, uh, announcing all the rescheduled games today. And, uh, you know, I was uh, wondering a lot if the schedule might just be forced to go into May. It's not. It's still going to end at the end uh, at the end of April as they originally planned. So that's good news that uh, once we get into May, we can get into the postseason. So that's the story there. All right. So the Oilers practicing today and it's been the goaltending has obviously been a massive story, a, a massive story. And Miko Koskinen much discussed. And as we know, there are times he can play uh, pretty well. He can do pretty well. Heck, he was doing pretty well for the first, well, almost two months of the season, wasn't he? He was 12-2 and with a 9-14 save percentage. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, yes, okay, the team was scoring. They were scoring more than they are now, but Koskinen had some pretty good nights, and uh, 9-14 save percentage, pretty respectable. That was uh, up until December 2nd. Since then, well, the Oilers haven't really had many good goaltending performances since then. And Koskinen, in fact, has not even won a game. He's 0-5-1 since December 2nd, and his save percentage is down to 866. By the way, Mike Smith, who has three appearances in that stretch, his save percentage 877, and the quote-unquote best of that bunch, Stuart Skinner, in five games since December 2nd, a 2-3 and three record, the only goalie to win a game, over the 14 that we're talking about, he's two and three with an 882 save percentage. So we've obviously discussed all the problems plaguing the Oilers goaltending high up on the list. So here's the thing, Smith getting over the partially torn thumb tendon, the PTTT. I don't know if that's the medical term, but whatever. Uh, And Stuart Skinner in COVID protocol, not available tomorrow. So almost by default, Koskinen has to start with Ilya Konovalov as the backup. And Koskinen was asked today about his approach coming into this one. Every game is opportunity for me. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of situation you are. You still have to compete and play your best. And uh, that's what I'm planning to do. Do my best and give everything what I have to my teammates. And um, But it's not going to be like one guy is going to save this. It's, it's our team. It's all the guys in the locker room. We have to come together and um, play for each other. And um, I know we have it, so we just have to have to do it. Tomorrow is going to be the day. All right, uh, Miko Koskinen, who spoke today, and uh, I, I will say this: a, uh, a a more talkative and upbeat Miko Koskinen, I thought, than than sometimes we see when he comes into the media room. So that was uh, good to see. So he's feeling ready to go tomorrow against the Panthers. Now, I, I mentioned, you know, the Oilers have had these three goaltenders over the last 14 games, three appearances for Smith, five for Skinner, six for Koskinen, back in tomorrow. 
And Dave Tippett was asked, like, okay, when you have a revolving door in the crease, what does that, what kind of impact does that have on your team? Well, there's two ways to look at it. The, if we play better defensively in front of the goaltender, it gives the goaltender a better chance to be successful. And then the goaltender makes some saves, it makes the players in front of them better. So it's that balance you're looking for all the time. And we've really dug into some defensive stuff here this week that we think that uh, will help us going into tomorrow's game. We've talked about it between forwards, defensemen, goaltenders. Everybody's got to do a better job. And we're hoping for better results tomorrow night. Well, and one key area that would uh, help the Oilers have some better results and you know where I'm going with this. Wouldn't it be awesome if the Oilers got that first goal? Now, again, it's one of the problems. There have been a few, and there have been some games in which they've, they've played okay in the first period or got out. I mean, they were tied against Ottawa after the first period. They were up after two. So even though Ottawa scored first, it's not like the first goal on Saturday was a key reason the Oilers lost that game but on some nights it it has been because they've allowed the first one they've allowed the second one sometimes they've allowed the third one it's 22 times in the last 26 games 22 in the last 26 the Oilers have been scored on first for the season it's 25 out of 35 that's in a four-way tie for the most with the league for Montreal Seattle and Vancouver now Montreal and Seattle not going to be anywhere near the playoffs. The Canucks trying to push for a playoff spot. They are 500 on the season. Uh, but the Oilers have played the fewest games of any of those teams. So really, when you look at the frequency or if you want to do it as a percentage of games played, the Oilers are the worst when it comes to allowing the first goal of the game. 25 out of 35. 22 out of the last 26. I asked Miko Koskinen about that. I don't know. I haven't. It's the first time when I heard the, heard the stats. So I haven't. I haven't thought about that, and, uh, and hopefully I'm not going to forget that when I'm li- walking out here. So <laughs> it's not going to get in my head, but you, you can't like, can start thinking about stuff like that. Of course, we, we all know that we need to have a better start, but it's like individual. Everyone has to put themselves ready and, um, as a team, as a team too. And I really like what I've seen like the last couple of days in the practice. It's been... Really high, high competitive level, and uh, hopefully we can translate that tomorrow's game. Well, I, I you know, Costa said I didn't know the stat, and you know, I, I believe him. I, I think probably, uh, I think, I think players know stats, but maybe they don't know every single one. And I liked how he said that. Okay, well, thanks for telling me. Hopefully I forget as soon as I get out of here because it doesn't really mean anything tomorrow. The Oilers, uh, here's the thing. You know, scoring first, it's not the be-all, end-all, but it helps. So I mentioned the four teams, including Edmonton, that have allowed the most first goals. The Oilers are 8-15-2. Well, that doesn't sound very good, but listen to this. The Canucks are 8-14-3 and three when allowing the first goal, so almost identical to the Oilers. The Kraken are 5-17-3. The Canadians are 2-21-2. So in 25 games, the uh, Canadians have allowed the first goal against. That's 50 available points. They have six of them. And uh, oddly enough, the Oilers going 8-15-2 and two when allowing the first goal against. If you look at the things by points percentage... 
Uh, it's probably uh, kind of middle of the pack, actually, in terms of getting points out of a game when you allow the first goal. So it's something that we've continued to talk about. The Oilers, I think, to varying degrees have addressed. You know, I, I don't get the sense that the coaches and the players say we got to score first specifically. They talk about the things they need to do to score the first goal, but it keeps not going their way. Here's head coach Dave Tippett on dealing with this problem. It's been talked about, but you've got to make sure you balance it both ways. Like, you look at the last game, we gave up the first goal, but I think the scoring chances in the, the first period was even. The scoring chances in the period ended up 11-3 for us, right? So we gave up the first goal. We feel like we're playing well. We're tied after one. Let's go. So you can't let it demoralize you, but anybody will tell you it's, you're, you're better. it's easier to play when you're ahead. That's what we strive for every night. All right, so there we go. They'll be striving for it tomorrow against the Florida team that had been red hot, probably uh, a little angry after losing last night to the Calgary Flames and now coming to Rogers Place tomorrow evening. Okay, happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. More from Tippett, a little bit from Cody Cece. Kelly Rudy has a great story about the time he really made Al Arbor angry even though he won the game. That's between 6.30 and 7 inside Sports on Chet. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Maple Leafs uh, get another one. 3-1 Toronto leading the Rangers, bunting with the goal late in the uh, first period. So 3-1 Maple Leafs leading the Rangers after one. We'll keep you updated on that game. Just three games tonight in the NHL. Coyotes up 2-1 on the Devils. That's with about six and a half minutes left in the second period. So here's the thing. Brendan Perlini, as we told you about yesterday, he left the ice early and he didn't look very comfortable as he went off the ice. It, I couldn't tell anything specific that happened. The, the puck was in the corner. He was kind of in his defensive position up the boards as a winger. And then all of a sudden he was uh, hobbling off the ice and have to, he had to get helped off the tunnel. And Dave Tippett said after practice yesterday, well, I think he's going to be okay. Well, he didn't skate today, but uh, he did do a workout and uh, he should be available for the game tomorrow. Now, available doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play, but it doesn't at least sound like it's too bad for Brendan Perlini. Ryan Nugent Hopkins remains out of action. Uh, he has not taken part in a practice with his teammates yet. Usually players will have to do that at least a couple of times before they actually jump back into the game. Chris Russell likely to play tomorrow, and William Lagason cleared waivers, and uh, he uh, has been assigned. To the taxi squad. So Lagason will remain around, but he'll be on the taxi squad. So with no Perlini had been up there with McDavid and Yamamoto. So today it was Warren Fogle with McDavid and Yamamoto. And uh, Dave Tippett was asked a little bit about Yamamoto and why players seem to like playing with him. Well, he's he's capitalized on some opportunities, which is good, but he's he's back there. He's got his tenacious part of his game back. He's making some plays. He's involved in the involved in the play a lot more. So uh, his game is trending the right way. Well, I think it is. And early in the season, 
you know, we talked about it a lot, Rob and I, after games. The, the, you know, the guy was on a line with Leon Dreisola for most of the season and only had a couple of goals through his first 20 games. He's now up to eight. So if you look at that pace, he might be able to flirt with a 20-goal season if he can keep it up. So he's been able to cash in a few more chances lately for sure. Look, we, uh, we, we know what it's been like lately for the Oilers, a really tough go. I know a lot of you are frustrated. We've had discussions about Dave Tippett's future, how Ken Holland has done, how some of the uh, players are performing relative to expectations. We obviously had the uh, tete-a-tete yesterday with Jim Matheson and Leon Dreisaitl. That was pretty tense. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's volatile around the team right now. It's, uh, it's a tough environment for sure. Cody Cece commented on the mood of the team. Yeah, we're trying to stay as positive as possible. It's tough right now as we're not playing a lot of games. We're not in a in a rhythm, but I think from here on till till break and then the rest of the season, we uh, we have a pretty regular schedule and hopefully it stays that way. So yeah, it'd be nice to get back into a rhythm and, and start winning some games. I can also tell you we had Stephanie Labe on the show a few days ago. She has announced her retirement, the all-star goaltender from just outside of Edmonton is going to call it quits this spring after the second half of the women's tour to celebrate their Olympic title. 85 appearance for Canada, including 43. 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.